0: If you're talking with your Bibles, Genesis chapter 3, and I'm thankful my wife and my family's here with me today. God is so good. He's blessed me way more than I deserve, and I'm thankful for that. Here's the thing. You can never earn the goodness of God. Favor. I had an elder time me this a long time ago. Favor isn't fair, and it's a good thing. Because if I got what I deserved, I'd be a whole lot worse off than I am. But favor isn't fair. God's favor. It's such an amazing thing. And whatever you're going through today, whatever might be going on in your life, you have the favor of God in your life. So don't look at it in a natural point of view. Don't look at the natural eyes because what God can do, man cannot do. And what you can see, God can see way beyond that. Uh, he has a plan where you don't even have an idea of where to begin. He already has the plan all worked out. Just put your trust in him and let God's favor work in your life. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold... The man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Help the Lord, just for a few moments today, I want to minister from this thought, guardians of the glory. Guardians of the glory. God, your presence is in this place. I need your anointing today. Help me to minister your word. Help us to hear and to receive what you have for us. I give you all thanks, and I give you all praise, and I give you all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we put our hands together? Just give him one more moment of worship. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We worship your Lord, we worship your Lord. Amen, Amen, Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture texts, we're only in the third chapter of the Bible, and yet so much has already happened up to this point. God has created the world. We've gone through the creation, created man. Created this incredible place called the Garden of Eden. Everything he did in creation, the first five days of creation, was for what he was going to create on the sixth day. He created the garden. He created the animals. He created uh, the birds, the plants, the water. Everything was created because he had the ultimate plan on day six, and that was you and I. Mankind. He created mankind, and we don't know exactly how long they lived in the Garden of Eden before chapter 3. But they've lived in paradise. They didn't have to weed their garden. They didn't have to toil the, the soil. They didn't have to work into sweat every day of their life. They lived in paradise. They lived in a place that God... Created specifically for them. It was perfect in every way. But the greatest thing about that time in the Garden of Eden was the scripture says the cool of every day. The voice of God would begin to walk through the garden. And Adam and Eve had this incredible privilege to talk with God every day. To have this personal relationship with God Almighty. The creator of heaven and earth, all, uh, in all of his glory, he would walk with them. Um, and he wanted a relationship with them. And, and every day he took time to make sure um, Adam uh, and he had a conversation. Can you imagine waking up every morning of your life and God is there saying, Good morning. How are you this morning? I have a great day planned for you today. Adam got that privilege every day, the voice of God just speaking to him day in and day out. He got to uh, just whatever was on his mind, whatever he wanted to talk about, whatever topic uh, it was of the day. uh, He just got to experience uh, God uh, in all of his wisdom, God in all of his glory, God uh, just talking with him. Then chapter 3, and the enemy comes into the garden, and God had one rule. There was one tree. You can eat of anything else. The tree of life, you can have it. Eternal life, it's yours. Eat the fruit of the tree of life all you want. All these other trees in the garden, all this perfect scenario in which you live, enjoy everything. But there is one tree, the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat thereof. The only rule, only one. I've had people ask me before, why did God even put the tree there? If he wouldn't have put the tree there, we wouldn't be where we are today. If he hadn't have put the tree there, we'd all be robots. God has always looked for a person that will serve him Willingly. That will live with him by choice. God always wanted someone that would choose him uh, over everything else. Uh, God is still looking for that today in this service. Uh, He's looking for men and women. Uh, He's looking for young people uh, that will
1: choose him uh, over everything else in this world. Uh, This world has a lot to offer, uh, but my God has more. Uh, My God has incredibly more, Uh, and he's looking, uh, and he's asking, will you choose me uh, over everything else? and so every day
0: Adam and Eve would walk past that tree and they would make a choice do I eat the fruit or not and one day the enemy comes in and deceives Eve and Eve and Adam both take the fruit and sin enters the picture immediately they try to hide themselves and they try to cover themselves inadequately Because we can never save ourselves. We never have the ability to save ourselves. It's going to take the mercy and the grace of God to cover our sin. It's going to take His love. It's going to take His love that we've already talked about in this service. His grace and His mercy. But sin enters the picture. Adam and Eve realize they've done wrong. And all of a sudden it's that time of day
1: that has been such a pleasure every other day of his life. But he hears the voice of God. Uh, in the garden, uh, and Adam and Eve find themselves hidden off somewhere, uh, hiding for the first time ever
0: from the voice. Where art thou, Adam? Where are you? It's not that God didn't know where he was. God wanted him to confess what he had done. I'm naked, God. Who told you that? How'd you know that? God says, What you've done, your covering is not adequate. I'm going to make it right and I'm going to cover you adequately. But then he begins to talk about the punishment. It's where we pick up in our scripture text, they're forced to leave the garden. And God says, There is this tree of life, this eternal life. He said, If we if I don't guard that eternal life, they will partake of that fruit. And we can't have that because righteousness and unrighteousness can't mix. And there's sin in their life. And so they're kicked from the garden and there are angels there with flaming swords of fire protecting the tree of life so that they cannot get to it. The biggest change in Adam wasn't the sweat and the toil of the ground. The biggest change for Eve wasn't the pain of childbirth, and it wasn't uh, all of the things that came with sin when sin entered the picture. The worst thing was at the cool of every day. The voice was no longer there that voice that they had enjoyed talking to every day, the voice of Jehovah Jireh, the voice of God Almighty, the voice of God. It stopped visiting on a daily basis. The voice stopped and became sporadic moving forward throughout man's history. That voice was lost. Adam and Eve began to go through life and The toil, sweat, the relationship completely changed with God. All because of a decision, all because sin entered the picture. Every single one of us in this place today, we are offspring of that fallen Adam. That that sin, when it entered the picture, it didn't just affect Adam and Eve but it infected every single person that that, that entered into this world following them. uh, Their descendants all the way down uh, to you and I here in this place today. Uh, We were all born uh, with that sinful nature of Adam. The most popular word a young child hears in their early years is probably no. 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 I got four kids. I said no a lot. No, don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't do this. Don't do that. I never had to teach my kids to do wrong. They learned that on their own. I learned it on my own. You learned it on your own. We didn't have to be taught what was wrong to do. We have to be taught what's right to do the proper way to talk, the proper way to act, the proper way to treat people. We automatically are born with this nature that that, that are going to put ourselves first. And we're going to treat others poorly if that's what it takes. And we're going to do what feels right to us. But the problem is, what feels right to us is normally wrong with God. It's that fallen nature that we're born with. And humankind has been given this fallen nature, and this man in its fallen state lost that voice, lost that relationship with God. As we were to speed through, fast forward through the human history, we find that throughout the Old Testament, that voice that walked every day in the garden with Adam and Eve, it stopped walking every day. It became sporadic and it was a prophet here and a prophet there. It was Abraham and 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 then Isaac and and Jacob perhaps a little bit in dreams and Joseph in dreams. It was a a dream here and a dream there and a prophet here and a a prophet there. And uh, sometimes it would be years before the voice of God would speak again. And then he would find a prophet or a man of God, uh, someone that was pursuing after him. And he would give him a word and then that man would go to the people. And uh, the people would rejoice because they were hungry
1: uh, for that word. They were hungry for that voice, but it just wasn't there every day. It just wasn't there walking with them every day. And so it was a chosen few here and there, generation after generation after generation after generation sporadic.
0: And then there's years of complete silence. The last prophet speaks in the Old Testament, and then there's hundreds of years where nothing, this void. And then all of a sudden, angels start showing up. Mary, you're going to be with child, but I've known not a man. Oh, but this is coming, this is something special. Shepherds in a field, and
1: well, there's a child that's born
0: a Savior is born. And all of a
1: sudden uh, there's this uh, this virgin that gives birth. Uh, a star is in the heavens. Uh, it's letting everyone know uh, the Messiah has showed up. Uh, the Messiah uh, has come. Uh, and then we see it. we skip ahead another 30 years or so uh, and all of a sudden uh, this, uh, the, the, this, this void uh, is shattered. Uh, the silence uh, is broken uh, and God manifested in flesh begins to walk with the people and all of a sudden signs and wonders miracles and healings dead being brought back to life blinded eyes being opened leprosy being healed miracle after miracle and all of a sudden the word of God begins to flow and the ministry of Jesus Christ it begins to just explode in the minds and hearts of people because the voice is back the voice is speaking the voice that we've been missing for all these generations the voice is back
0: not everyone's happy but jesus shows up and then there's calvary i'm covering a lot of ground to get to where i'm going but I'm thankful for that old rugged cross. I have to be careful because it's one of my favorite things to preach and I could get stuck right here just preaching about Calvary. I'm thankful for that blood. I'm thankful for what Calvary means in my life. I'm thankful uh, this old
1: sinner, uh, this old man uh, that made all kind of bad decisions, uh, made all kind of wrong choices uh, that allowed that fallen nature of sin uh, to run rampant in his life. Uh, I made my way down uh, to an altar one day uh, and it was because of the cross. It was because of the blood. It was because of uh, the one who died. At Calvary, when I began to say, "God, I need your forgiveness. God, I need your mercy. God, I ask for your forgiveness. And it was the blood that began to flow, and it covered the sand, the, stain, the stain of sin in my life.
0: I grew up in a pastor's home. I knew what truth was from as early as I knew what words were. I remember three years old, four years old, my parents sit me on my bed.
1: Hero Israel,
0: the Lord our God is one Lord. I remember the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. By the time I was four and five, I could quote psalms 1 psalms 23 psalms 100 psalms 150 i could quote deuteronomy 6 and 4 by the time i was three and four i was barely talking but my parents from as early back as i can remember began to put that word of god into my heart i knew what truth was but there came a point in the time in my life where i thought i wanted to find something
1: else so the the light seemed brighter elsewhere and i began to pursue other things and make decisions and choices that I'm ashamed of to this day. But there's a God rich in mercy. And when I found myself in that big pen, like the prodigal, I said, I got to go home. I met a loving father who was waiting on me with open arms. And he said, oh, come on. I'll put a robe on you. I'll clean you up. I'll change your life. I can save you. Just come home.
0: It's all because of Calvary. It's all because of Calvary. Calvary bridged the gap. Calvary paid the price. Calvary gave access to that relationship that had been lost in the garden. It's because of Calvary. So he dies upon the cross. He cries, it is finished. The veil in the temple was written twang from top to bottom. Mercy was unveiled. That mercy seat that only allowed one man, one one day out of the year, access. Can you imagine that priest? It was his day to work in the temple that day. He's making sure the candlesticks are just right. He's making sure that 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 incense is on the altar and the table of shoe bread. And he's in there just doing the duties of a priest. And all of a sudden, it's dark outside, thunder and lightning, and all this stuff's going on. He's like, man, oh, man. But he keeps doing his duty. And then the sun comes back out. It's a whole other message. But all of a sudden, he begins to hear this ripping sound. And this man that's never seen the Ark of the Covenant in his life, he's worked all around that temple. He has never been behind that veil. He had no idea what it looked like. He had never seen it with his eyes. But because of Calvary, mercy was unveiled and access was given and whomsoever will uh, whomsoever if you thirst come uh, drink the water of life freely Uh, if you're hungry come and eat uh, the master calleth, uh, come and dine Uh, whatever you need there is uh, no person that needs to go for you Uh, you get the
1: privilege uh, and you get the honor uh, of walking into that holy of holies yourself Uh, you get the privilege and honor uh, of kneeling at that foot of that throne uh, and saying, God, I give you my life. God, I ask for your mercy and grace. God, I ask for your forgiveness. And you get the privilege
0: of talking to the voice yourself. Access was given and granted because Calvary paid the price. And all of a sudden, flames that for generations had been guarding the tree of life all of a sudden the tree of life was made available no it's not some actual tree that i go you know pick an apple out of it and, and eat it and all of a sudden i get to live forever no but that old rugged cross that tree chose to die on it gives us access to eternal life I've come to tell you today just to remind you for a moment heaven is real it's easy to get so caught up in life and to get so focused on what's going on in your life right now that we can lose focus on the main important thing and that's I'm not living for here I'm living for there and, and heaven is real and I made up my mind a long time ago I'm making heaven my home that old song we used to sing as a kid this world is not my home
1: I'm just passing through why? because my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue the angels beckon me to heaven's Open arms. Oh, I can't. Wait till I get to heaven. I can't wait till I walk through that street that get the gate of pearl and onto that street of gold. I can't wait to see the walls of Jasper, but more than that, I can't wait to take a crown off my head and throw it at his feet. I can't wait to dance around the throne. I can't wait to sing holy, holy. I can't wait to get to heaven. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Just one moment in his presence. It's going to be worth it all.
0: That eternal relationship lost in the garden was reinstated on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave
1: them utterance and in that moment the, the flaming swords stopped guarding the tree of life and the tree of life became available to you and to me. In that moment the tree of life became accessible all over again.
0: Romans 5 1 therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Ephesians 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father in glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? It's that moment you walk to an altar and you realize there's sin in your life and you ask God to forgive you. Repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. I say it all the time, I'm sorry is one of the most overused words in our vocabulary. We use it all the time, it's our get out of jail free card. We say I'm sorry all the time, I'm sorry, and so many times, we don't mean it when we say it. Repentance is more than just saying I'm sorry, repentance is understanding there's two destinations, heaven and hell. And understanding that my decisions are taking me away from God and to hell. Repentance is saying, God, I'm sorry for my decisions. It is a part of that. But then it's saying, God, with your help, I'm going to turn around. And I'm going to make different decisions. And I'm going to live differently. That will draw me closer to God and to heaven. That's repentance. It's an about faith. When you repent of your sins, the scripture says in Acts 2 verse 38. And you're baptized and buried in the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ. He says, you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost that we just read about in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 that was poured out in that upper room. That is the hope. That is the glory. That is the, the entrance. That is the opportunity. That is access to the tree of life. Because one day, the skies are going to part, a trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ, they're going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds, and forever so we will be with the Lord. And what will get me there will be that gift of the Holy Ghost that's dwelling on the inside of me. That resurrection power that's dwelling on the inside of me. That is what gets me to heaven. I won't make it without it. I won't get there without it. But this incredible thing takes place when we repent of our sins and we're baptized in Jesus' name. And we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. with The evidence of speaking in other tongues. God gives us a spiritual bath from head to toe. And all the years of mistakes and all the past that we have, and all of the skeletons in the closets that we hope no one ever finds out about, God knows them already. And He forgives, He washes, He renews, He restores. And those old garments of flesh that we've been wearing, they're replaced with a robe that's white. 2 Corinthians 5 says it this way, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, verse 17, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That new creature is filled with the hope of the glory. John said, speaking of Jesus, He that cometh after me, he, I can't even latch his shoes. I'm not worthy of even polishing his shoes, tying his shoes. I'm not even worthy. He said, but he's going to fill you with Holy Ghost and with fire. The fire is what guarded the tree of life. It is not happenstance that on that day of Pentecost... When that wind blew and the Spirit of God began to fill the hearts and lives of men, the Scripture says that upon them were cloven tongues like as of fire. In that moment, they took the place of the cherubims. And they became the guardians of glory. That moment you make your way to an altar... You repent of your sins. You're baptized in Jesus' name. You're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. God fills you with his spirit. The fire of the Holy Ghost is poured out in your life. And from that moment forward, you become the guardian of the glory in your life. It's my responsibility. It's not just that I've repented and I've been baptized. It's not just that I've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's that tomorrow morning when I wake up, I make a decision. I'm going to live for God. And the day after that, I take up my cross and I follow him. And the day after that, I choose living for him. It goes right back to the tree in the garden. It goes right back to the choice that I make. Every day of my life, I choose, is he more important than anything else in my life? Because if he is more
1: important, then I'm going to make sure that's preserved. I am saving the glory that's in my life. It doesn't matter what this world brings, it doesn't matter what temptation comes my way, it doesn't matter what tragedy may happen in my life, I have a mission, I must guard the glory of God in my life, it is the most important thing in my life, it's more important than my job, it's more important, I hate to say it, but it's more important than my wife, it's more important than anything else in my life I must guard the glory of God in my life
0: I'm out of time I have way more scriptures but the scripture is filled with examples of this hope this calling this glory that lives in us we live in an unrighteous world We live in a world filled with sin. We have this hope of glory. And it, unless it's kept separated from unrighteousness. Just like in the beginning, God said sin entered the picture. They can't live with me forever in sin. Sin's not allowed in heaven. But I'm going to go prepare a place for them when I come back. I'm going to bring them with me. But sin's not allowed. Unrighteousness is not allowed. So while we live in this world and we walk among the unrighteousness of this world every day, God requires us to live a holy life in an unholy world. And it all just bears right down to the main point. He is more important than anything else in my life. The Tinny used to always say, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. I heard it even as a kid, he would say, don't major in the minors. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Heaven is my home. God forbid I shout about heaven all around this place, and, and then I walk out tomorrow and make a decision that costs me heaven. Here's the thing, the scripture says that before I walk into heaven, I'm going to walk through a gate of pearl, the scripture says. Those gates are one big pearl, one big pearl. Pearl is a piece of grit, a piece of sand that gets somewhere it does not belong. It becomes an irritant and it becomes a pain, it becomes a sore, it becomes a hardship It's coated with a substance, and over time, that substance hardens, and the pearl is formed. It is not happenstance that the Scripture says that the gates of heaven are made of pearl. Before I ever walk through that street, through that gate, onto that street of gold, I'm going to walk through a gate of pearl. I'm going to have to go through some hard times. I'm going to have to go through some trials. And people have asked, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to go through that? Your trials have value your circumstances, you're going through something right now and today, and you've asked, God, why do I have to go through this? I will tell you why. God cannot lie. He is not a, guy that can, is not a God that can lie. He cannot lie. It is impossible. And the scripture says one day he's going to find my name in the Lamb's book of life, and he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful. He cannot call me something that I'm not. If I have not gone through a trial, I have not proven my faithfulness. And if I have not proven my faithfulness, he cannot tell me, well done. But it's when I go through my trial.
1: You may be in the middle of your trial right now. You just need to stand and give God a dance and say, God, it's my access to heaven. And the devil wants me to quit. The devil wants me to throw in the towel. But I'm going to guard the glory. I'm going to guard the glory. And this is how I get to heaven.
0: (laughs) Psalms 15 and 1 Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. As you keep standing. Psalms 24. Verse 3, who shall ascend under the hill of the Lord, who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands, a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord in righteousness from the God of his salvation. Here's the thing. Life is going to throw stuff at you that you're not prepared for. I'm speaking from experience, you think you got your life mapped out and you think you know what the future holds, and in the matter of an hour or two, all of that can crumble in front of you, I've been there, I've watched it. The danger of those moments is it opens the door and an opportunity for me to make a decision. You see, it happened. It's happened more than once in my life, but it's happened even. And when that takes place, the enemy sees an opportunity to plant a seed of bitterness, to plant a seed of doubt, a seed of something that says, what's the use in those moments when you're hurt and in those moments when you're offended, in those moments when you're treated unjustly and when it's going to happen to every single one of us, in those moments, you got to remember the most important thing is that glory that lives on the inside of you. I can't allow the actions of others to allow that hurt to turn into bitterness, to turn into anger, turn into wrath, to turn into vengeance. Because we're we're natural. When I'm attacked, I want to attack. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That's our human nature. But we're protecting the glory. Mark Morgan said, we got to be like him. You got to take up the cross. I'll never forget the first time I heard him say it. You cannot be crucified with Christ by yourself. We're to be crucified with Him. He said, "You may be able to get a nail between your feet," and he said, "You may be able to get a nail between one of your hands." He said, well, "What about that other hand? You can't do it by yourself." God uses other people. And you say, why am I going through this? You've prayed it even this week. God, I don't understand why. It doesn't seem fair. Don't worry. You're proving faithfulness. Just keep in the front of your brain the most important thing. I am a guardian of the glory. And I'm going to make sure my heart stays right. I'm going to make sure my mind
1: stays right.
0: I'm going to make sure my spirit stays right. I'm going to make my way back to that altar and pray all over again. I can't tell you how many times I've had to go in the middle of the night. It's still dark and I should be sleeping. i got another several hours before i got to get up, but I just had to get out of bed because my mind was warring. My spirit was warring, and I had to go
1: find myself a place that I could just get down on my knees and say, God, I need I need you to clean my heart i need you to make my spirit right god i will not miss heaven over this i'm gonna guard this glory that's in my life because you are the most important thing
0: so as they begin to sing these altars are open i challenge each and every one of you today Why don't you just come make that consecration fresh all over again? God, I thank you for the glory. If you've never repented of your sins, today's the day. If you've never been baptized, there's water. You can be baptized today. If you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, God's here to fill you with His Spirit. He's in this place right now. Why don't you come and make up your mind all over again. I'm going to be a
1: guardian of the glory.